Cause we got the alternative energy Unnecular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello and welcome to another edition of the Radioactive Show I'm Jessie on today's show, we celebrate with Mira traditional owners and the returning of their land after a four decades long fight for traditional ownership at Jabiru within the World Heritage listed Kakadu National Park in the Northern Territory. In late June this year, Mira traditional owners were granted freehold title over the town of Jabiru under the Aboriginal Land Rights Act, the first of its kind in Australia. This fight for land rights has been led by senior traditional owner Yvonne Margarula and begun in 1978 when the town was built on what was then Crown land without the involvement or permission of traditional owners. The native title claim was lodged by Margarula in 1998 and was finally decided on by the Federal Court in 2016 after one of Australia's longest running native title matters. The town of Jabiru sits on a 13 square kilometre lease within Kakadu and was built in 1982 to accommodate the workers of the Ranger uranium mine. It was also at the heart of the fight to block the proposed Jabaluka uranium mine in the late 1990s, which is a long celebrated win for both traditional owners and environment groups. Jabiru naturally grew due to the attractions of Kakadu and every year sees a large number of tourists in the dry season. On the program this week, we hear from Corbin Mudanji, a Mira traditional owner and nephew of Avon, who tells us about the response of the community and the plans for Jabiru now that it's been handed back. We also speak to Kirsten Blair from the Gunjani Aboriginal Corporation about the history of the land rights struggle the impacts of the uranium mine and what it means for the future of Jabiru. And although this is a celebration, we also hear about the problems associated with the Ranger Uranium Mine Rehabilitation Plan from longtime anti-nuclear campaigner with the Australian Conservation Foundation, Dave Sweeney. The Radioactive Show is broadcast from the studios of 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, on Wurundjeri land and broadcast across this country on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for being with us. First, let's hear from Yvonne Margarula herself, speaking at the land handback ceremony in Jabiru in late June. Hello, everybody. I'm Yvonne Margarula. I'm traditional owner. But I like to speak to my language, but I welcome you, my nephew, the Corbin, you welcome already. But thank you for coming. There are a lot of people. But I have to talk through my language and I speak like when you hate me. All right. Come up, buddy. What do you want now and again? Then you got, we got, got him out of me. Yeah, what money wouldn't read, not a book on the way. Money I'm not better. Now one more better than bulky work one. Well, thank you. Good better money. I'm not going to go to I want to thank everybody who has been working with us to assist us to have this land returned to us. This land was left to us by our ancestors and now it comes back to us again. 
I don't want to give a long speech today, just to keep it short. Thank you. Susan Lee, I thank you for Manigun Redken. This is a happy day for us. We have very good feelings about today. I just want to formally thank uh, the Minister for Aboriginal Affairs and the Minister for the Environment, Susan Lee, for coming here today and all of the hard work that they have done to make this possible. My boy, thank you, everybody. That was Yvonne Margarula speaking at the land handback ceremony in Jabiru with an interpreter. Now we're going to hear from Corbin Mudanji, a Mira traditional owner and member of the Gunjami Aboriginal Corporation in Jabiru. I begin by asking him what the feeling has been like in Jabiru among the Mira people, now that the land has finally been handed back. Yeah, it's been really great. Um, you know, when the whole process was happening. Everyone was like, how do you say? Everyone's a bit frustrated on what's happening, you know, um, especially in the office. There wasn't too much support going around. But after this happened, I tell you, it's, uh, it's been very different. Um, most of them are they're very happy, very supportive now these days. Um, yeah, no, nah, it, yeah, it's a very, very good thing. And how was the handback ceremony? How was that process? Oh, I was um, trying to describe the feelings now. Um, like you won something in a race or something, and you get that feeling, you know, that, um, yeah, I can't put it into words, but it's otherwise it's been very, really, really great for us. I was very happy. My auntie was happy. Um, she went back home. She was, you know, a bit teary that, you know, everything that she's done that uh, you know way before i was born and you know my grandfather and all them uh, it finally came into a reality and man it's yeah it was something i tell you that i can imagine it would have been really special yeah um especially because there's been mining on mira country your whole life i wonder what it means yeah. now that that mining has ended in in that area and you know what does it mean for you and other young young people up there Oh, it's, um, it's a great time to, you know, connect to the bush again, to go out through country. Um, before in the area, where mining area, where it is now, uh, there used to be, you know, lakes. There used to be billabongs where, you know, my aunties and my nan, all of them used to go out fishing and, you know, area where they used to camp down there. And now they know that, it, well, it's gone. Um, everyone's you know, great that they can, it can come back to them. It's like, um, how do you say? I'm trying to use a metaphor now. Um, for example, if they take your car away, 
oh, you know, they do something in your car, can't get it back. And all of a sudden you got it back and, you know, it's great having it back and you can use it again. You know, mm. it, it can be reliable, like a bush tucker hunting, you know, way to, you know, do more on country. Yeah. Yeah, something that's been taken away and also damaged as well. Mm. I can imagine oh, yeah. um, there's a big Definitely. process there around mm. restoration of land and returning to country must be huge. Mm. So what are some of the things that you're looking forward to in, in the future for Jabiru, some of the plans that, that are kind of, you know, being discussed? To be honest, I am looking forward to the new golfie, new bar. <laughs> um, yeah, they're going to have, like, a bunch of stuff, uh, uh, gym area, bit of pool, you know, everything that, you know, um, doing a social club. Uh, otherwise, everything else, I really like the uh, spinning resource center um i haven't read too much about it i read only a little bit about it um and you know i think there's other facility i can't remember the other facility like um government works there's like a we're thinking of doing an educational uh unit you know like um for example if say anyone from here or anyone from an outstation want to go to school and to you know achieve college or university or something like that um there'll be a facility there to support that um what else i can't remember too much there's a new pool i really like that one it looks like you know something off a vacation beach or something like that <laughs> um but otherwise you know everything else like a, a supportive unit like being resource center uh, New town center, uh, tourism hub, you know, where, you know, we can actually expose uh, binning culture properly, you know, to, well, I don't know, I guess the world. Mm. Um, we've already been doing it with uh, Marawati, um Art Gallery. But this been, I tell you, been really busy ever since. I've never seen anything like it. A lot of tourists has come out here, got the experience to actually meet binning people talk with them with uh you know about our culture about art you know and stuff like that that's so fantastic uh, yeah sounds like there's so much to look forward to and so much already happening oh as yeah well. definitely i was just wondering i, I hope they build the mcdonald up this way <laughs> but we'll see um when you were growing up or kind of even more recently, I suppose, was there always the kind of idea that the mine one day would finish and there would be a different kind of future for that area? Was it always something that people talked about or? It was, especially with my auntie mob, um, auntie Yvonne, the eldest, they, you know, always talked about this. When I was growing up, um, my cousin, we didn't much pay attention. You know, we thought, well, my cousin thought it'd just die out towards in the future uh something like that and you know i thought oh well it's mining area you know it won't it won't go anywhere so you know i figured it'd be like that but then obviously well a couple of years now uh it, they fought for it my auntie fought for it and now it's uh it's gone and yeah it's been how do you say it? if i was there to my young Self, I would say, well, you thought wrong because obviously we made uh, we fought the mine off, and now it's 
you know, closing up and bring them back to the land. So, yeah. So great. Such a wonderful thing and so celebratory and, and just means mm. that, you know, people can focus on the things that are really important. And like you said, mm. returning to country and, and places that have been kind of taken away. So mm. I, um, yeah, I'm celebrating with all of you, Bob, up there and massive, massive congratulations. Oh, yeah. And I hope you can have a great, you know, celebration all together up there. So thank yeah, you. Thank Corbin. you very much. Thanks for being with us. Nah, no worries, man. It, it, it's it's uh, it's been a bit of a pleasure, you know, just to talk about this kind of subject. Um, yeah, nah, it's been great. That was Corbin Madanji, a Mira traditional owner from Jabaru, talking about what the land handback means for his community and plans for the future. You're listening to The Radioactive Show on 3CR Community Radio, broadcast from Nam, Melbourne, and beamed across Australia on the Community Radio Network. I'm Jessie, and I've made this show from my home on Jajawarang land in central Victoria. Today we're celebrating the handing back of Mirai land in Jabiru in the Northern Territory, and now we're going to speak to Kirsten Blair from the Gunjami Aboriginal Corporation about the land rights process and a bit about some of the plans afoot for Jabiru now that it is under freehold title. The fact that Jabiru is now uh, Mirar country legally under the um, Australian federal system is really significant because it means that Mirar can control what happens in that part of their country. And so when uh, the Aboriginal Land Rights Act was declared, the land where Jabiru was built was actually separated out and not able to be claimed as Aboriginal land at that time. So it's only been in the last uh, less than 12 months that uh, Jabiru has been incorporated into that act. So it's a big, big change in that way. And it means that now that mining's finished in Kakadu, in the Kakadu region and on Mirar country, the shift towards a post-mining economy and the vibrant future that the Mirar have in mind uh, can be the infrastructures in place for that in terms of administratively. So Mirar can make the decisions about which businesses get leases in the town and can really be the leaders in terms of uh, decisions that are made about how the the uh, land and the town are used going forward. And is it just in the town area or is it extend beyond, beyond Jabiru? So beyond Jabiru, uh, has already been declared Aboriginal land and Mirror country um, so over 40 years ago and is all part of the Mirror estate and the broader Kakadu Land Trust, which is all Aboriginal land um, identified by the different clans that um, are landholders across the Kakadu region. And all of that Kakadu Land Trust is has been leased to the Director of National Parks to be Kakadu mm. uh, since the declaration of the park, with the exception of the ranger project area and the Jabaluka lease, which are identified as Mirar land, but haven't been part of the park because they've been mineral leases. And then the only other exception to that is the Kungara project area, which at the time of the park's declaration was exempt or excised from the park, but has subsequently been incorporated into the park because there will be no uranium mine on that country. Hooray. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, so what are some of the plans and, and hopes for, for Jabiru or what are some of the things that have been happening now already? Yeah, so the Mirror uh, have worked hard to develop their vision for the future of Jabiru and the region beyond mining. There's a really clear um, recognition from Mirror that 
and from local people across the region that the town of Jabbaroo, even though it was built as a mining town, uh, has is much more than just a mining town. It's the regional centre. It's where people uh, come to do shopping. There's the school, um, the clinic, lots of reasons why it's important that Jabbaroo remains for the people who will still be around, even though the mine's finishing. And so there's been a lot of work done by Mira to think about what shape that could take. And so in addition to it being a regional service centre, there's a lot of opportunity for it to be much more at the forefront of the tourism um, aspect of the region. It's such a wonderful thing to think about the end of mining and obviously we didn't want it to happen in the first place but the fact that it's over is no doubt a wonderful thing but also probably still has some of its challenges. What are some of the kind of challenges that Jabiru will kind of face into the future or now in regards to mm. the range uranium mine and what's happening with the Jabaluka lease and yeah. Yeah yeah so um absolutely mining at ranger has finished and that's really positive that happened at the start of this year and is a great outcome uh the reality of course is that the rehabilitation project is enormous and is an untested situation there hasn't been an open cut uranium pit in the wet dry tropical environment that has been rehabilitated so this is the test for that and the expectation from mira obviously is that rio tinto will step up and ensure that they meet the commitments they've made publicly about not leaving any toxic legacy for Kakadu. So that's an ongoing challenge, certainly not, don't want to underplay that by any stretch. And that's, so that is a challenge for Mira and a challenge for the community. Um, it's, it's slightly separate, I guess, to the issues relating to the town of Jabiru. And there are still issues relating to that as well. Um, this, the latest thing with relation to land rights is huge, but there's still bits and pieces of that that need to be finalised. And so that's more work for Mira and their staff as well. That was Kirsten Blair, long-time anti-nuclear campaigner and community and international liaison officer with the Gunjami Aboriginal Corporation, talking to us about what the recently granted freehold title means for the Mira people in Jabiru. Now we're going to hear from Dave Sweeney, the Nuclear Free Campaigner with the Australian Conservation Foundation, about the issues around the Ranger Uranium Mine Rehabilitation Plan. You're listening to The Radioactive Show. Thanks for tuning in. In December last year, the Sydney Environment Institute, the University of Sydney, the ACF and the Mineral Policy Institute and the Environment Centre of the NT released a report on the Ranger Uranium Mine Rehabilitation Plan in Kakadu. It stated that Ranger is clearly the most complex mine rehabilitation project in Australia's history, yet there is not commensurate regulatory attention. Can you tell us a little bit about what this means? Yeah, well... What we've got at Ranger is a, is a mine, a very complicated mine. It's a uranium mine that for 40 years has had an imposed industrial activity in the wet dry tropics in an area that's surrounded by the dual World Heritage listed Kakadu National Park. So you've got an area that has been contested, contaminating, controversial. It's been operating for 40 years and it's now finished the operation, the commercial mining and milling, and there is a massive cleanup job. Now that job has to be, its, it's marker of success or acceptability is that post rehabilitation, the range of mine site, the range of project area could be 
folded into the surrounding Kakadu National Park. Now, that is a dual world heritage listed for both cultural and natural importance and values. And that's a very, very high bar. And so our call of like, this is an incredibly uh, complicated um, and scrutinised um, rehabilitation project reflects that, um, that expectation that the company is required to clean up to that level. Um, and as you can imagine, um, 40 years of industrial activity has seen massive modification of the landscape, mod modification of waterways, um, a lot of damage, big mine pits, infrastructure, a tailing storage facility, vegetation removal. It's a heavily impacted site. So then to, to try and clean it up um, is a real challenge. It's important that it's done, but it's a real challenge. And what we're trying to do with those civil society groups, environment groups, academics and others is be part of a watchdogging process of surrounding Rio Tinto and Energy Resources of Australia and saying, you have been um, responsible, at least in part, for the creation of this mess. You have benefited, at least in part, from monies that arose from this. And now you have an absolute responsibility to clean it up. And so they have for a long time, the mining company for a long time in the Northern Territory has run um, the ranger operation almost like a personal fiefdom. It's basically been rubber stamped um, and the company has set its own commercial imperatives and pace. What we're trying to do now is to say that there needs to be really rigorous new generation standards and scrutiny. And there are many other voices and players that have a keen eye on what's going on and are tracking you, Rio Tinto, and you'll be long judged by your performance. Despite the problems, I guess, it's really exciting that mining has ended in that area. And it's such a wonderful thing to celebrate. Um, as you said before, you've been involved with uranium mining in this area and across Australia for many decades. How does it feel for you to see it finally come to an end in that area? Oh, it's, it's quite phenomenal. It really is quite phenomenal. And it's, and it's, um, it's quite a beautiful and powerful thing. I actually have you know been part of a crew of people working for this but there's even been a little part of me that wondered if we'd be able to pull it off when i first got involved in this it was a long time ago it was a, it was a legal challenge against a plan in the early mid 1990s by energy resources australia to directly release water after a heavy wet season contaminated water into kakadu and uh, local aboriginal people took legal action and we hooked up in that process a um, lot of water under the bridge um, as it were since then <laughs> And, um, and it's been incredible because at that time, if you had said that mining companies would, would uh, vacate um, and leave uranium in the ground and that Aboriginal people would run the region and that the region would not be a mining region, it would be a tourism and cultural region, um, you would have been uh, laughed out of the town of Jabiru. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's extraordinary. At that time, Federal government and territory government, both conservative governments, aggressively pro-uranium. They continued to refer to Kakadu as a uranium development province, and they spoke about uranium mining and processing in Kakadu till 2060. Now, we, uh, we have ended uranium mining and processing four decades earlier so than what was planned. Yeah, so it is, yeah. it is amazing, like an amazing result for Kungara and a great tribute to Geoffrey Lee, uh, yeah. the jock senior traditional owner for, for getting that uh, mining lease reincorporated or incorporated into Kakadu National Park. 
Um, the Mirror fought the establishment of Ranger at the start. They were unsuccessful. They were overruled by Canberra, explicitly overruled. Um, they've tracked it and opposed it all the way. They spearheaded the campaign against Jabaluka, and they're now leading the building of a, of a post-mining regional economy. And it is a tribute to tenacity. It's a tribute to connection, collaboration um, in campaigning. But above all, it's, it's a tribute to the Aboriginal people of Kakadu who have, um, you know, long borne the brunt of the, the social and the environmental and the economic dislocation and, and weirdness that often comes with a mining project. And now, um, you know, I want to see something different, cleaner, better, more stable and more sustainable. But yeah, I look at this and I think, wow, you know, um, you know on, when I started in this game and had, um, you know, younger, tighter skin, um, there, was, uh, there was no sense at all that um, four decades before their expiration date, you would see the end of uranium mining in Kakadu and now it's over. And to see federal ministers um, from a conservative government talking about building a post-mining region um, and talk about mining as in the past. Sometimes I pinch myself um, mm -hmm. and I'm really, really pleased. The modest role I've played, the great role Mirar and others, Jock and others have played, and just collectively that, that sort of hope that so many Australians and so many people of, of good heart and head have worked together to build a different future and we're realising it and it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely, and it's a massive tribute to you and many, many others who've been keeping up the fight for so long. So thanks so much, Dave. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and we'll be keeping up the pressure still into the future on, on ERA and Rio Tinto so they do the best job possible there. So thanks That's so absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for the kind words and, and also thanks for, you know, Radioactive for, for being a really important part for a long time from the hot fight at Jabaluka through to, I suppose, a bit more of a cold, you know, check and track now. Um, yeah, and it is it is a really good thing. We are, you know, we are literally stepping it out and building a nuclear-free future in Australia, and we are home to one third of the world's uranium reserves, and we're keeping it where it's safest and best, which is in the ground. You're listening to The Radioactive Show and we've just been hearing from Dave Sweeney, nuclear-free campaigner with the Australian Conservation Foundation, who was talking to us first about the problems associated with the Ranger Uranium Mine Rehabilitation Plan, more detail of which will be on the podcast version of this show. Dave was also talking about the joy and celebration of seeing the end of mining in the Kakadu region 40 years before it was due to end. Both Dave and Kirsten, featured on this show, have been fighting this fight for a long time and it's so wonderful to celebrate with them and many others, especially the traditional owners of Kakadu, to see the end of mining in that region. The music we've been listening to today is from Black Rock Band from remote West Arnhem Land. We also heard some audio from the land handback ceremony in Jabiru in late June. Many thanks to Friends of the Earth, Anti-Nuclear and Clean Energy Collective for their generous support of this show. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week.